Welcome to a very special episode of A Vague Knowledge of Everything. Uh, today's episode is very, very special because it is the first one that we are recording in real life with both of us. Well, I guess they've all been in real life, but with this is the first one that we've recorded with both of us in the same room and in the same state. So, yes. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hope. And I'm Rosie. And also it's special because we're together now. Today we're talking about science. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is terrible. <laughs> I, my apartment is real slopey. Like the floors aren't. <laughs> We're slipping and sliding and I keep around. F- like falling down the slope. Oh my god! And I keep. Jesus, we're off to a good start. Yeah. Also, uh, full disclosure, my stomach is doing something against me. It's not. It. it I woke up and said, "I'm not on your side today." Yeah. Uh, so if all of a sudden, I don't, it did, it really did. So if all of a sudden you don't hear me or you hear me grunting, I'm fine so far. (laughs) But I got ginger ale here, so. Fine-ish. Mostly fine. All right. So. What are we talking about today? Today we were talking about something that it's, uh, I was going to say something close to our hearts, but it's mostly about Tom Cruise and he's not close to our hearts. No. Um. But uh, both of us have read a lot, heard a lot, and talked a lot to each other about Scientology and particularly the abuses that have apparently taken place in Scientology. Watched they have a been lot. Well documented, uh, in particularly in the aftermath, which is the show that Leah Remini did with uh, Mike Rinder, uh, and they both are ex-Scientologists. Mike Rinder used to work in the Office of Special Affairs. So he's pretty, pretty high up, and they talk to a lot of people about their experiences in Scientology um, and trying to get out and how they were treated. And then also Leah and Mike have a podcast called Scientology Fair Game, which is more specifically about the way Scientology has gone after people who have left, Mm. Um, things like sending private investigators after them. Uh, they did, uh, Mike Rinder's wife made friends with uh, a woman with a young child in her area when she also had a young child. And after a while found out that that person was planted there to watch them. Ew. Yeah, so it was like a spy who infiltrated their friend circle. Thanks, so, I hate it. Yeah, so uh, we won't be talking about all of that stuff today, but there is a lot out there. So. If you, particularly if you haven't heard of any of that stuff, really, really worth watching. The Aftermath, there's three seasons, it's on Netflix, and uh, Scientology Fair Game is on Spotify. There's also, um, and those are some of the sources I used, although I do have other sources that I'll be posting. Um, The other major source that I used for this was, um, there's a book and, excuse me. (laughs) Professionals. (laughs) This is, I got a text from you. This is a picture we took beforehand. Um, the other major source that I have looked at is there's a book and a documentary of the same name um, with a lot of the same sort of content. The documentary is based on the book, uh, but they're both called Going Clear. Um, the book is by Lawrence Wright, and it's one of the more... Yeah, it's, it's one of the more detailed sort of tomes about uh, the overarching issues with Scientology and specifically how they cater to celebrities, how they use celebrities, that kind of stuff. Mm. And uh, what's a, who's a prominent Scientologist in the celebrity culture, Rosie? Well, in case anyone didn't know by now, Tom Cruise is a very pr- prominent Scientologist. Uh. 
Uh, he has been, uh, he's been fairly loud about it in more recent years. Um, the first time, the first time that I heard about him in relation to Scientology, it was actually, it was around when War of the Worlds, it was around when War of the Worlds was coming out. And uh, there was someone in my town actually won some sort of contest. Mm. Uh, and the prize was that Tom Cruise came to uh, the premiere of War of the Worlds in Aberdeen, Washington, which is the small town that um, is famous for Nirvana, um, mm-hmm. which are better than Tom Cruise. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it's right next to my hometown of Hoquiam, Washington, which is a slightly even smaller town. Yes. Um, so... For all intents and purposes, they're basically the same, t- same town, but don't tell the football teams that. <laughs> uh, but uh, at any rate, we uh, in the marching band were, at first it seemed like we were going to be told to go to this event to uh, to play for Tom Cruise and uh-huh. all that. Uh, but I think that uh, my band teacher could realize that some of us were maybe not so happy with that yes. um, and so you know maybe maybe me in particular uh, <laughs> and uh and he made it optional for us so i know at least for the Hope band marching band um we didn't all have to go and i actually chose not to because i was like i don't need to meet tom cruise yeah because he had just been very like loudly and publicly criticizing Brooke Shields for taking antidepressants to deal with her postpartum depression. Do you know she showed up at his door to talk about it? Um, I know that he apparently came over to apologize to her at some point, and like, I think she just kind of let it go, but honestly, I feel like the the apology was because the fight had been so public, and Mm -hmm. people weren't on his side, and he was just doing damage control. Well, because he was on the wrong side. Yeah. Of course. And and you know how we feel on this podcast, uh, or if this is your first episode, maybe you don't know how we feel, but um, we are very big into people taking care of their mental health however suits them, and not everyone wants to take medication for it, but uh, we believe that medication can be really helpful. Um, I'm on medication for... Um, I'm on take Zoloft for depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and it was a game changer for me. It's great. Like it, I can do so many more things. It made you a different person. Because yeah. <laughs> in I a very you, good way. I saw you before <laughs> like things got bad, and then I saw you when it was bad, yeah. and then I saw you after, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this yeah. is and it makes such a difference. Sometimes Meds you know, brought it, my, it's, they made my sister come back to who she yeah. used to be before she was not herself anymore. Yeah. Sometimes. If you can't make your own serotonin, as Ina Garten says, store-bought is fine. Store-bought is fine. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, as, as, as a person who, I think even then, I kind of realized, like, I might need some store-bought serotonin at some point. <laughs> uh, I was upset to see a, uh, a major celebrity who people tended to listen to. It's upsetting. Uh, acting like that and, and saying that this person was being irresponsible, which is bullshit and just ridiculous and it made me really displeased so that is why i chose as a teenager to not take the opportunity to go meet tom cruise smart and i do not regret it uh because all of the stuff that i found out since has been pretty bad uh and just to just to preface this i have no issue with religion as long as it's practiced freely by willing participants who are also not causing harm to others 
the causing harm to others is yeah. the big takeaway here. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that very often religion can be very helpful yeah. for a lot of people, and it can encourage them to, like, spread that to others and help other people. Yes. And that's great. But I when... consider myself a religious person. Mm-hmm. I just don't ever talk about it because of our names, mm-hmm. what my mom does, and then... By the way, Hope has two sisters named Faith and Grace. Yes. <laughs> and just religious people are giving the rest of us a bad name who are like just being zealots about it. Yeah. And who believe stuff that I don't believe. But we can get into how America is its own religion now. Yeah. That's for another time. But uh, yeah, but as regards Scientology in particular, it is much different than other religions. Um, there is, apparently there's... Because it's a cult. There's apparently there's something being that that people will say to when they're trying to convert people um, that they'll say that you can be a Christian and a Scientologist and that's actually not true because they do not believe like they they don't believe the things that Christians believe and you yeah. can't like <laughs> once you get up to a certain level you realize like the beliefs are not in like a God or a Jesus figure right. like there's a much different belief system and it's also money. <laughs> as yeah <laughs> also as what Leah Remini has pointed out many times on her podcast is there is a price list for Mm -hmm. the services. Like you literally, and it's not like you can choose to do it or not. Like, it's not like, oh, you can go to this camp and that costs money, but you can go to church for free, whatever. It's like, if you want to progress in Scientology and want to go through the, what they call the OT levels, which is operating Thetan, you do have to pay for those. And the number that I've heard quoted a lot is that like, to actually get up through all those levels, it's a minimum of like $300,000 over the course of the years that you what? go through it. Yeah. And apparently, from what I've heard from people on the Aftermath show and on the Scientology Fair Game uh, podcast, uh, from people who used to uh, like basically sell these services to people, is that they were told to encourage them to, you know, put their uh, mortgage on their house or to uh, get credit cards that they couldn't afford, that kind of stuff, and that the religion or the Church of Scientology, and I'm using the term church loosely, um, but that is their name, uh, <laughs> that they basically didn't really care about how the people could pay that back. They just wanted to get the money. Um, and apparently this money is often used to create, like, basically they just want to like have a bunch of money, so they have a lot of it that is uh, in the form of assets such as, uh, like, realty. Like, they'll buy buildings and then not do anything with them or they'll be part of a front group that basically is just designed to take in more money for Scientology so oh my God. there's there's big issues with Scientology but like if I get into everything it's going to be its own podcast and you just go listen to Leah yeah <laughs> yeah Leah Remini and my friend have their own podcast where they talk about all this stuff and they know a lot more than I do because I have never been a Scientologist but Mm-hmm. Once you get into it, it's it's pretty rough. Um, I would also say anyone who has HBO can uh, go watch Going Clear. If you uh, if you want to buy the book Going Clear, that's also really informative. Um, it's on Audible, so if you have a subscription, you can always get that. That's how I first uh, quote unquote read the book was yeah. I listened to it, um, which is totally fine. You could do that with books. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we're gonna talk more about stuff that is specifically related to Tom Cruise. Because it's one thing to think like, okay, this religion does a lot of bad stuff. 
but that doesn't necessarily make everyone who is in that religion bad and I completely understand that point of view and I believe that there are Scientologists out there who don't realize that there's this bad stuff going on and like it's helped them and I don't think they're bad because I think that you know Scientology can be predatory in its nature uh, so I'm not even lampooning all Scientologists but Tom Cruise has been involved in some sketchy shit. Some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. And of course, like, you know, like just the insulting someone for uh, taking antidepressants is one thing, but it gets a lot worse. So um, one thing I will say is uh, like all of this is alleged. So I'll be using that word a lot through this. Uh, allegedly. Uh, but uh, one thing I also will say is that Scientology, they they will always release statements saying like none of this stuff is true, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes they even have like uh, things in writing by people who have since left Scientology that will say that Scientology is nothing but good. But uh, I would like to add that a lot of those are gotten during really stressful auditing sessions. And what um, what will happen in those auditing sessions sometimes is that they'll be told like, well, you can't move up until you confess your crimes. And so you have to basically confess something that makes the auditor feel like you're <laughs> moving forward or whatever oh it is. God. Yeah. Or like if you like uh, one of the themes is like, if you feel bad about something, it's because in a past life you committed a crime that was related to that or something. So a lot of people end up like quote unquote confessing to things that aren't true, or they end up saying things about like their partner or their family that aren't true. Um, and a lot of this stuff um, is, especially stuff absolving Scientology of any wrongdoing is done under duress because they just want to get out of there. Right. Um, specifically people who are trying to leave, yeah. and very specifically people who are trying to leave but still be able to stay in contact with their families. Yeah. Um, if they have family who are still there, a lot of those families will be told to disconnect from them once they are out. And so if someone wants to be able to get out of Scientology and to not constantly be asked for money anymore, but they want to, you know, continue being connected with their families, they might say like, oh yeah, it's fine. I don't blame Scientology. It's all about me, whatever, in order to be able to still have a relationship with their mother or their kids or whatever it yeah. is. So anyway, so just, I would say grain of salt <laughs> with anything that Scientology says about that because of the nature of all of that and of course like you can learn more about auditing and all of that process by again listening to that podcast reading that book watching the tv show yeah. the aftermath um yeah all right <laughs> so back to tom cruise um for a little bit of background uh tom cruise became involved in scientology in 1990 he was 28 he was first introduced to it by his wife mimi rogers but yeah mimi rogers was a scientologist before he was but there was an issue with her father, I think, wasn't technically in the church, but he was practicing outside it, which is not okay. Like, it's not like a Christ Christianity where you can be a Christian and not mm -hmm. go to church. Uh, and so they don't like that. And there's, um, there's stories that apparently they broke up that marriage because they wanted to keep Tom Cruise, but they thought Mimi was problematic. Wow. <laughs> yeah. The woman is the problem? Yeah, apparently the same thing happened with Nicole Kidman as well. And this is this is from sources like uh, Greg Will here, Marty Rathbun, Mike Rinder, people who've been very high up in Scientology and in actually the LA sector of Scientology. Yeah, yeah, spe yeah specifically dealing with uh, 
Scientology celebrities. Um, it's actually funny seeing seeing Mike Rinder and Leah Remini do so much stuff that's anti-Scientology together because you can see like interviews with her when she was a Scientologist, yeah, and Mike Rinder's so in the background as one of her like watchers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, back to Tom Cruise. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, he uh, at the age of twenty eight, he got involved in Scientology. He credits Scientology with curing his dyslexia. <laughs> um, according to him, he was yeah. And, I'm not. I'm not laughing at dyslexia. No, I'm laughing because that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Um, and anyone with dyslexia knows that like you generally don't get cured from it. It's like a thing you keep having to deal with, and you yes. you know, and and you can definitely get better at it. Have things that help you, but the dyslexic community has generally had a problem with him saying that he was cured of it. Um, so I, I'm not sure if like maybe he didn't have dyslexia and he thought he did or whatever, or maybe like the therapies that were used on him are basically like the same thing that you'd use right. for other dyslexic rather than being specific to Scientology, but I don't know. I looked it up to see how, <laughs> if I could find any information about how Scientology addresses dyslexia, but I couldn't find anything. So Dang it. I have no idea like how exactly that happened, but that's what he credits them with. He says that he was functionally illiterate even after high school. <laughs> so yeah. Oh so apparently God. he got major help from it in that way. And and hey, maybe he did feel like he got a lot of help from it. Maybe he did have some kind of learning disability that was helped. Where's he from? Uh he I don't actually know where he's like, from. Like what was his home life like? I think they I think he originally I think he originally lived in Canada. Apparently his father was really not a positive presence and he doesn't have a relationship with him. Yeah. Um, so. People who end up in cults don't usually come from safe places. Yeah. Usually. That, yeah. That's a blanket statement. That's not... That's yeah. just me. I mean, if you have if you have more... Um, yeah, a lot of times people will be more susceptible if they have more trauma in their it's past. It's people looking for belonging. Yeah. And who will take... And the people who are looking for those people know that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, that's why he... I think that's why he initially really latched onto it is because he did find a lot of help with it. And I think that happens with a lot of people in religions or cults or cult-like religions, um, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, so not exactly surprising. Uh, but yeah, so he, he's, he's done and said a lot of things uh, over the years. One of the things that I didn't necessarily realize before I watched the Going Clear um, documentary and then read the book uh, but they talk a lot about was that he has received a lot of like free stuff and services provided or paid for by the Church of Scientology. Um, it's not necessarily something that like, like I wouldn't say like, oh, religions don't do that because obviously some religions do that, right. you know, people will be like a lot richer if they're at the top. But this seems like it was kind of from day one because he was a celebrity and so he was getting like special treatment he was getting like right but like if he has money from being a celebrity why do they need to pay for stuff i, I know uh but it, it said that he apparently received like custom vehicles like the guy who customized vehicles for him like later left scientology and said ah. like yes i did all of this stuff and like i didn't get paid for it and i don't think he paid for it um so that's just a thing to know um he's also re received a lot of free labor from Scientologists, um, like the chef for his wedding to Nicole Kidman said that he was told that uh, to spare no expense and that he would get paid for it, etc. He put a bunch of stuff on his 
personal credit card, and then it was decided later on by David Miscavige, who we'll talk about later, uh, <laughs> that uh, they weren't going to pay him. So he just paid for all of the food and all of the shit. Uh, uh, yeah. I okay. Worked for free. Okay. Um, so a lot of the people who uh, who have apparently, and I, this, I say apparently, allegedly, uh, have worked for Tom Cruise or have been sent to, you know, give him services or, like, work for him, have been members of Scientology's Sea Organization. Um, this is, so the Sea Org was originally uh, based on the water. Like, they had, um, they had some, they had several ships. I believe the main one was the Apollo, um, and that was a sailing ship. Now they have the Free Winds, which basically looks like a cruise ship. Um, been in Aruba for a while. I tend to look them up every once in a while. <laughs> uh, on but, marine uh, traffic? Yeah, you can look them up on <laughs> marinetraffic.com. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they uh, so so now the Sea Org isn't all on the water. Um, now there's like land-based operations. So you could be in the quote-unquote Sea Org and just be working like at a hotel. So okay. like what Leah Remini says in her book um, is, which is also very good, um, is that at the age of 13, she was in the Sea Org. And she was like supervising a group of people who were cleaning a hotel. They weren't in school, um, yeah, because that was okay. But she was she was like the leader of a group of people who were cleaning a hotel, and she said they made like fifteen bucks a week. Um, apparently, the apparently like, the number that I've heard the most for Sea Org members is fifty dollars a week, um, which of course isn't a living wage. Uh, but I believe they get around this by classifying them as volunteers. Oh my so. god. Even though they're working like many, many hours a day, and they're also expected to su- study Scientology for two hours a day, um, and and Sea Org members are not regular p- parishioners. So if anyone knows a Scientologist, that's not necessarily someone who's going to be in that position. Yeah. But yeah. So these are the most dedicated people. But it is apparently seen as a huge honor to be in Sea Org or for your children to be in the Sea Org, and because of that, a lot of children have been. Like I say, children, but like thirteen, fourteen-year-olds, etc. Yeah. yeah, minors have been sent to you know just be working constantly uh, in like these horrible conditions. Paris Hilton shit. Yeah, <laughs> which we'll also talk about not in this episode, but we will. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so that's some of the free stuff and services he's gotten. I just honestly don't feel like that's kosher because like, like Stephen Colbert is a Catholic. But I doubt Pete, like, he has, you know, altar boys coming and cleaning his house for free, you know. No. Or, like, you know, no, that no, he's no. not getting custom cars from right. the Catholic diocese of his area. Yes. Uh, and that's as it should be because that's not what religion is there for. Yes. Um, so there's also, and this is, okay, so this is about another person, but this person, depending on what uh, sources you read, is either best friends or really good friends with Tom Cruise. Okay. Uh, and that is the leader of Scientology, the, the now leader of Scientology, who it's, it's not necessarily certain that L. Ron Hubbard wanted him to be. And there's a lot of people think that he just kind of seized power from ah. the people who L. Ron Hubbard wanted to be the leaders. And L. Ron Hubbard wasn't great. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, it's terrible. He went against his wishes. But he was this guy was not necessarily chosen. OK. But anyway, so he's uh, he's named David Miscavige. Um, he is the chairman of the board, or COB, as they refer to him, and he is a sketchy personality. <laughs> uh, he he Scientology has hiring stand-up people. Though. I know. <laughs> so there are the first thing I'll talk about with David Miscavige are the abuse allegations. 
Great. Um, he's, he has been accused by many people who have left Scientology of either abusing them specifically or abusing people in their presence. So there's a lot of people who say like, like, yeah, he used to beat the shit out of me or like I saw him beat the shit out of like Mike Rinder or Mark, Marty Rathbun or mm-hmm. all of these people who were executives. Okay. Even so it's like, he's been the shit out of whoever he feels like. Apparently he's very quick to have a really nasty temper and there's a lot of examples of this that have been talked about. Um, yeah, like things like that he would launch himself across a table during a meeting when he was mad and like choke someone. So just Casual. generally behavior that's not fucking okay for anyone. <laughs> and especially not okay for someone who Casual is Tuesday afternoon meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, since they've known each other for so long, um, like since Tom Cruise like got into the Sea Org and because they're such best friends, like Tom Cruise says that he actually based his character in A Few Good Men on David Miscavige. Great. It would be really hard for him not to fucking know that this guy is abusive and shitty. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of assuming that he is okay with it. And someone who's okay or with... Or it's not his problem. Yeah, exactly. And, like... and someone who, who, who like either thinks that's okay or doesn't think it's worth intervention... Uh, for his either best friend or really good friend to be beating the shit out of his staff, that's not okay with me. Right. There's also another issue. Yeah, don't worry, it gets worse. Um, There's also the issue of David's wife, Shelley Miscavige. Um, She was a devoted Scientologist for a long time. Uh, Even before she and David met, they met in Scientology. Um, But apparently somewhere around 2005 or 2006, it's a little bit iffy depending on what source you read, uh, but apparently at that time she confided in another, uh, I said confided, she <laughs> confided, <laughs> she confided in a, another high-ranking Scientologist, uh, Tom DeVocht, who has since left Scientology, uh, that she believed her husband was quote-unquote losing it. Uh, shortly after this, she disappeared and it has apparently not been seen in public since. Uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, so the, the estimates of the last time she was seen in public ranged from like 2005, 2007, but it's at least been like 13, 14 years. Jesus. Yeah. So. So this guy is still married to her? Yeah. She's, yeah, she's still his wife, but she hasn't been seen publicly. And uh, people, people aren't allowed to ask why. Did he kill her? Uh, it, it is not, it is not believed that that is the case. Okay. Um, it, it is believed that she is being hidden away at a facility and being basically managed and guarded by other Scientologists because she knows enough. Have you? Yeah. I want to go on a tangent. Sure. We should do an episode about this though. Elizabeth Smart, the girl who was stolen mm-hmm. from her home. Have you heard about whenever they found her and how they got her? Oh, I think so, but it's been a while. She like was all covered up, but like they could see her eyeballs and they were like, I think that's her. And they, like, went over to talk to them. And, like, she had a script that she was supposed to say she wasn't allowed to engage. But, like, I, I don't know. It's just, like, this crazy story about how the officer was, like, got her away. and was like, are you Elizabeth Smart? She was like, yes, please save me. Oh, but I, I wonder if they're, like, sending her out in disguises and stuff. So that she, I, she isn't seen, but, like, she's yeah, still Yeah, I don't public. know. I, I they, Like I said before, they have a lot of property, um, especially in the U.S. Um, it's... 
It's believed she's being held somewhere on one of their larger properties, like being held or that she is there and mm -hmm. isn't allowed to go anywhere else. And it's unclear as to whether as to whether she was like still a devoted Scientologist or she was maybe thinking about leaving, I don't know. Uh, but it did seem like she was concerned about David and that he wanted to get her hidden away. Jesus. Um, so, so there's that. Yeah, there was, um, there's a story in uh, one of the episodes of The Aftermath and uh, it's about uh, Valerie Haney, I believe, talks about her and says that the last time she saw Shelly, she was like, crying and getting into a car and then she didn't see her again Ugh. so oh my god yeah and and that is all of this is very worrisome um leah remini apparently um a lot of the information i have is is from leah remini and yeah. mike render so i'll mention them a lot but uh leah remini apparently at um tom cruise's wedding which one uh to katie holmes okay oh so he's been married three times that's right um, so apparently, um, at Tom Cruise's wedding to Katie Holmes, she asked where Shelly because she had been friends with Shelly and like mm -hmm. wanted to know where she was, and she was surprised to not see the wife of the leader of Scientology yeah. there because you know she was also like an important figure in her own right. Mm -hmm. And apparently, she got like punished for asking and was like, "If people said it's not your business, why are you asking that?" Which is not the way that you not would deal not if, if someone was like sick or something yeah. you know like <laughs> it's not the way that you would deal with a normal situation and it's very concerning because they didn't even make an excuse it's just like no you're not you don't, you don't get you're not privy to that information yeah um then wow in 2013 she filed a missing persons report on shelly's behalf because she was very concerned about her as she should be yeah um after but but remember she's not family at this point so it's it, you know so she can do as much as she can do but unless it's like your sister or your daughter or something it would be a lot right. harder to get information um after conducting a safety check uh detective gus villanueva stated the lapd has classified the report as unfounded indicating that shelly is not missing uh, but okay. they declined to provide any details as to the state they found her in, where she is, or if she was in the presence of church officials. So that's significant because, like, even if they find her, if she's got other Scientology officials around her, she might feel like, well, the cops are outnumbered, they can't do anything for me. Or she might have been conditioned to believe that, like, she's done horrible things wrong and that she is do you think the, doing penance. the LAPD is being bought off? I think that the LAPD does not want to cause trouble with Scientology because they've got a big presence in LA and they have a very, and they have a lot of money. Like Scientology has so much money yeah. that they could go after the LA Sheriff's Department. Um, the, from all that I've heard, it does not seem like the police in, in, the, in LA or in the area near Gold Base, which is where a lot of people were like held against their will and and treated really horribly and all that. Um, apparently the, the police near them don't really do much. Um, Great. And on the one hand, it's like, sure, I don't know how much they can do, but on the other hand, how much proof do you need? You have all of these Scientologists coming out saying right. like, I was held at this place, like I was abused, all this, like that seems like there would be enough if, if they say like, this person's still there, this person's still there, etc. It seems like it would be enough, but I don't know. But so th that's all upsetting. And also like, so Tom Cruise was friends 
with David Miscavige before Shelley went missing mm-hmm. or didn't go missing, depending on who you're right. listening to. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, like, so is it just okay with you that your friend's wife is just gone? Yeah. And, you know, no one's talking about her or whatever. Like, and that she disappeared before your wedding and no one was allowed to ask why. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that's creepy. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that. And I do think that you can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep. Yes. And if he, yeah, if he's, you know, so willing to, you know, be friends with this guy, hang out with this guy, get gifts and all that from this person and isn't either asking questions or is just okay with the stuff that's going on that doesn't say much that's good about him. Is Um, Katie Holmes still in Scientology? No, she's not. Since they got divorced? No, she she is not. And uh, from what I have heard, apparently Tom Cruise, like, doesn't really even consider Suri his kid. Like, they don't have contact. Which, honestly, is probably better for Suri. It it is, but that's still not great for Suri. He has two other kids with Nicole Kidman, too. He does, and they're in Scientology. No. And from what I have heard and what I have read... Um, it is alleged by former Scientology officials that they were tasked with turning the kids against Nicole. So, yeah. So Connor and Isabella, those are their names. Yeah. They are still in Scientology. I believe they're members of the Sea Org, and they were apparently basically conditioned to believe that they're Nicole like, was a suppressive person, um, which is like the worst thing you can be in Scientology. They're probably like adults now. Yeah, they are. Oh my God. Yeah, so they can make their own choices. and Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So now we're going to get into something that's more nefarious and is more specific to Tom Cruise rather than the company he keeps. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this is alleged, but I believe that if Scientology could prove it to be false, they would have, and they haven't. Um, I mean, denying it is, it goes so far, but that doesn't prove it false. Um, You can deny all day long that the earth is round, however. Yeah. Uh, according to former high-ranking Scientology officials, after Tom Cruise split with Penelope Cruz, but before he married Katie Holmes, um, he had asked David Penelope Miscavige... Cruise. Yeah, she, he was with Penelope Cruz for a little bit. They weren't married, but... That's so confusing. Cruise yeah. and Cruise. Cruise and Cruise. Uh, apparently, he tried to get her into Scientology, but she continued doing things like meditating and <laughs> like, was like, nah, I'm good. And Being an uh, independent lady. Yeah. Good for her. I, I think that's an issue with some of Tom Cruise's partners is that he's picked women who were independent enough to be like, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And that was ultimately the downfall of the relationship. Uh, that's what it seems like. But apparently he asked David Miscavige in the presence of some other Scientology officials to find him a girlfriend in Scientology. Uh, Mike Rinder, I believe, is one of the ones who was there. He's uh, Lee Remini's co-host, so he has... Uh, confirmed this, um, which of course the Church of Scientology denies, mm-hmm. but I know who I believe. Uh, <laughs> Church of Scientology official um, at that time, uh, Greg Will here, uh, reportedly approached a woman named Nazanin bon- Boniati. Um, her name is Iranian. I might call her Naz from now on because that's what a lot of other people call her. Okay. Um, but she was uh, a member of, she was a Scientologist, um, and she also had a Scientologist boyfriend at the time. Uh, they told her she'd be, been selected for an important secret mission that would entail meeting dignitaries and possibly help save the world. She was excited to do humanitarian work and uh, really was on board with this. Um, according to Going Clear, she was not the only one to be approached. 
Allegedly, many active, uh, many attractive young women were auditioned on tape and asked questions about their devotion to, to Scientology and their feelings about Tom Cruise. Um, again, that might not have been like a tip off because uh, famous people, like celebrities, are really big in Scientology. Mm -hmm. Like they really take care of their celebrities. So it, it, I don't think it would necessarily be a weird thing or a red flag to be asked about a celebrity and how you feel about them. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she uh, she wasn't told what the mission was, but she was hoping it'd be something impactful. Again, she wanted to do humanitarian work and make a difference. Uh, she was allegedly told that she'd need to break up with her boyfriend in order to take part in this mission. <laughs> That's a red flag. Uh, <laughs> and she initially refused, uh, but she was uh, asked if her decision would change if she found out that her boyfriend had been unfaithful. Um, and so then she wavered, and then they produced proof that he had Quote, been unfaithful. Apparently, they re released his confidential audit auditing tapes, which, I mean, if they're confidential, that shouldn't be released to anyone. Yeah. But apparently, there was proof of his infidelity, and so she did break up with him. Which, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty sus. If they say, well, what if he cheated on you? And then it's like, oh, look, he cheated on you. Oh, lucky um, for you. Look and again, we again, let's go back to this auditing thing about where you're confessing crimes just in order to like get to the next step. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people who've left Scientology have said they confess things that were not true just because they were like, okay, but I want to get to OT three. Have you watched Making a Murderer? I have not. They do that. It has the appearance that they do that with a sixteen year old, Ooh. where the FBI is like. Do you know what you did wrong? Do you know what you did wrong? And he keeps being like, no, no. And they're like, did you do this? Well, did you do this? They, like, they're telling him and giving him the story. And he's like, you know. And they're like, no, we know you did it. And he's like, okay. I mean, it's obviously more complicated than that. Yeah, but that, it sounds very similar. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will end up confessing to things just because they feel like it'll help them get out of the situation. Right. So... I, I don't know the truth of that situation, but it could be that Naz's boyfriend decided, like, well, I'll just say this because then my auditor is going to let me <clears throat> out of this session because they have to pay for the auditing sessions. Too. Jesus. So, like, <laughs> if you're being audited for, like, four hours, you're paying for that time. Mm -hmm. So it, it would be in your best interest to be like, okay, yes, I did blah, blah, blah. Right. And then they'll be like, oh, well, that was what the e-meter was reading. And so, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so she breaks up with her boyfriend. And uh, she was also told that she needed to get her braces off six month months early. Because, you know, apparently you can't be a humanitarian and have braces. Scientology has its own orthodontics department. <laughs> department. Yeah. Um, yep, she was sent to an orthodontist. She was also given a makeover. They were changing her hair because there was too much red in it. What? Um, yeah, so they gave her a makeover. They went to, like, expensive places like Burberry and bought her uh, expensive clothes. Which, again, like, why for a humanitarian? Yeah. Uh, during the time when she was being uh, readied for the mission, she was, I believe she went through auditing, like, every day for a month. Like, a lot of stuff. Um, she was also apparently asked at one point what her dream date would be. Uh, she said, going to dinner for sushi followed by ice skating. Mm -hmm. That's significant. Because uh, then, uh, Greg Will here, who is uh, the Scientology official at the time, who is no longer in Scientology. Yeah. He took her to New York. Um, they, the purpose wasn't to go meet Tom Cruise, but that is what happened. Oh. Uh, they, like, met him sort of, like, I can't remember if it was, like, oh, he's here, so we'll go see him, or if they just, quote-unquote, bumped into him. Mm -hmm. uh, but they met him, and uh, he said he was going for sushi and suggested they come, too. 
course. So that's convenient. And after that, he coincidentally wanted to go ice skating. Huh. Yeah. So they went on her dream date being supervised by, of course, uh, a Scientology official. Bunch of men. Um, yeah. Uh, and then she was later told that she the re- relationship was more important than the mission. And so then she wasn't going to do the mission anymore. And I personally don't believe there was ever a mission. No, there wasn't. Um, but that was... That was what was told for her. Uh, Apparently, the relationship went well for a while. Within a month, she was living with Tom Cruise. I know. That's just too fast anyway. That's kind of a red flag. Especially if someone... That's for straight people. (laughs) It is. And especially if someone who is significantly older than you and richer than you and... Hold hold on. Pause real quick. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Hello. Are you stuck? You okay? Hold on a second. I I gotta be a cat mom real quick. Go up there. Tell her what. Can't look at her now. All right. Give her the path, but not. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, apparently they moved in together very quickly. Um, Oh, and and what I was saying before, like, yes, that's that's really quick. And also, if, if someone is in a more powerful position than you, particularly, like, financially, and, like, and yes, he was a lot older than her, and honestly... I, I think that can be fine depending on the people in the relationship. I think yeah. it's a lot more about a power dynamic than an age difference. So like there was an age difference, but also he was just a lot more powerful in her religion than she was. And also he was, you know, super rich. So that'll put him in a power position. And the fact they moved in so early means she's living in his place. Her life's being paid for by him. So he's going to feel like, oh, I'm in charge. Yeah. Um, so that's not really very good. Um, allegedly, Cruz became angry at her fairly easily, like after that little honeymoon period, short honeymoon period, he, um, he would fly off the handle more quickly. And, uh, for example, at one point they were having dinner with the head of the church, David Miscavige, who we've talked about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She, uh, she had either, it was like cramps or a severe headache. I've seen it differently in both places, possibly both because when you're on your period, you can get both of those things Mm -hmm. at the same time. But either way, she was, like, sick and in pain, um, and she had a hard time understanding what Miscavige was saying, and that infuriated him. The next day, Cruz, inches from her face, pounded on the table and screamed at her for insulting the head of the church. So. All right. That tells me that he is fine with anything David Miscavige does if he is that willing to be like, you know, fuck you, you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You you can't not understand him because you're sick. That's disrespect. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Anyway. Um, Then... Two weeks later, Scientology official Tommy Davis informed her that her relationship, uh, that the relationship was over. Um, her last sight of Cruz was as she was leaving when she glimpsed him working out in the home gym, but he did not say goodbye. Yeah. What a fucking turd. What a coward to not even break up with, like, you didn't find your girlfriend, and then you didn't break up with her yourself. He's like, I don't like this one. Like, Maybe a different uh, one. God, they're, yeah, it's like he thinks they're just interchangeable. It's bullshit. Um, okay, so allegedly all of the pictures she had of the two of them were later confiscated, um, along with any other proof of their relationship, which, that's creepy. Yeah. I just, that's just creepy. I don't like that. Um, she was still sad about the breakup because she, like, had been, you know, like, yeah. she thought it was, like, a real yeah. good relationship, etc. Uh, but she made the mistake of telling a friend who immediately informed on her to a member of the church. No. Uh, this is something that is is very encouraged in Scientology. It's also a big red flag because that's what happens in a lot of cults. Yes. Um, 
So, I mean, that's like, like we talked about Jim Jones, like he, he would encourage people to inform on other people. And it's all to sort of keep people feeling like, you know, they need to constantly focus on doing what the church wants them to do. And right. if they're doing other things or they're doing things that are against the church, that they're in the wrong so you can't even tell someone about this relationship because they didn't want her to talk about it. Right. And she talked about it. She then had to do punishment, which she did agree to because she was a member of Scientology. Yeah. Um, but punishment is a big part of this. Also, I mean, remember, she's been lied to. She, like, she was lied to about this whole thing about what she was doing, this, like, secret mission she was being groomed for, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So she's being manipulated a lot. So I don't... <laughs> It, the fact that she agreed to do this punishment, totally fine. Doesn't say anything about her character. in my mind. Yeah. yeah, doesn't say anything about her character. But she agreed to do punishment, and it included things like cleaning out a public bathroom on her hands and knees with a toothbrush. <clears throat> yeah, which is like, that's, okay, that's not the best way to clean a bathroom, and also, like, fucking why with a toothbrush? Like, that's just... Yeah. That's just abuse. Yeah, it's just abuse. It's, just, like, it's literally punishment for the sake of punishment. It's not about cleaning the bathroom. It is about or making someone feel... Yeah, or building character. It's about making someone feel bad and about making a display of them. Yeah. So, there's that. She, she doesn't... Um, Naz doesn't speak publicly about her relationship. She would rather... Like, yeah. you know, because she's an actor as well, and she would like to just, you know, be interviewed about her work and not have right. this constantly be <laughs> a thing uh, whenever anyone talks to her. Um, so she doesn't really talk about it. But um, after, uh, in 2017, after A&E tweeted to congratulate Leah Remini and Mike Rinder on their, um, um, on her Scientology in the Aftermath Emmy win, apparently Naz replied, quote, congratulations, Leah Remini, Mike Rinder, and all involved. There are no words, just love, unquote. Aww. So, to me, that that kind of yeah. solidifies my belief that that stuff is true. Because if she is congratulating the aftermath, that's a show that talks about the abuses of Scientology. Right. So, to, to me, that says that she's saying, yes, that's true. Yeah. So, that is... That is basically the Scientology stuff that I have about Tom Cruise. And but wait, uh, there's more. But wait, there's more. Uh, and, and honestly, basically what I'm getting at with all of this is like, please don't be so, go see Top Gun 2. That's the crux of the That's episode. the crux of it, is that we need to stop giving Tom Cruise the time of day. A like, platform. Yeah, he needs to stop having a platform. And I feel like people will just continue giving him a platform because they're so used to him being a celebrity, like he's a staple celebrity, yeah. like Julia Roberts or like George Clooney or something like that. Yeah. But he's done some Jack shitty Black. stuff. It's not good. Yeah, and so I, I basically, what I want is for anyone who's going to go see one of his movies um, that's don't coming out. Don't do it. Just don't do it or like, I'm not telling you to watch it illegally, but I mean, it's kind of not that hard to watch things illegally. <laughs> um, but just... Maybe, like, watch Going Clear first or read that book or watch People the People care a lot more about box office stuff, so if you yeah. can hold off and watch it when it's on a streaming platform or illegally, yeah. then... That's... And, like, and also, I understand people will think, like, oh, but there's so many other people involved in the movie. That is true, but usually people will get paychecks for that kind of stuff, and the people who are actually making money from the box office stuff are, like, the stars, 
and director and stuff like that. And I'm like, I feel like if you're directing Tom Cruise, you should know about this shit, honestly. Yeah. That's how I feel. Also, Hollywood, just stop making these long, long haul sequels. Or, yeah. like, remaking movies that only just came out. Like, original stuff has been happening since storytelling began. Yeah. So, like, we're not out of ideas. Yeah. We, yeah, and if you want to make a, another movie with the same kind of energy or whatever, you can do it without Tom Cruise. Go to a fiction class <laughs> at a college. Yeah. Find a story you like. Be like, hey, kid, I would like to make your story. Like, yeah. go to Coverfly.com where there are lots and lots of screenplays Yet to be developed. Find one that maybe needs some development, but has a really good has really go, good bones. Go into the woods. Go yeah. to a writing colony. Yeah, and just sit with other writers for a little bit. Just do your job. Yeah. <laughs> like personally, when I saw it first, uh, so I, I've only ever seen Top Gun once, but it's because I saw it as an adult, so I don't have nostalgia for it. I actually yeah. was like watching it, like I was thinking about it as I was watching it, <laughs> um, and. I realized why the other woman on board was not, or one of the other women on board, the boat that I was on, was not particularly into it. I was just like, this is just a guy who, he's arrogant, but he gets what he wants because people either find him charming or he's really good at flying a plane. And planes. You know, and it's like... Planes are fun to watch. Yeah, planes are fun to watch, I suppose. But it's just like, you know what? You know who doesn't really tend to actually do well in high-pressure situations? Men like that! Yeah, men like that. <laughs> Arrogant people. Like, And that's also not someone you really want in charge. It's just not someone you want to give a lot of responsibility to. Like, I, I personally, like, if I was in a position of authority, like, I would rather... Okay, I'll talk about kitchens in this regard, okay? okay. Because, like... There's a lot of douchebags out there who've gone to culinary school and can produce a good meal, okay? Yes. But they're horrible to work with, okay? So rather, like if I was hiring for a restaurant, and I have like supervised people in, in mm-hmm. kitchens before as a chef, uh, but I would rather have someone who has a good attitude and is teachable and is like pleasant to be around or at least like not actively aggressive and rude towards other people they're yeah. working with. Like, I would rather have that person because you can teach that person the skills they need to right. have, you know? <laughs> so, I, I I just find it unlikely that someone like this Maverick character actually would have done that well. It's, there's a lot more love in media and pop culture right now for very wholesome dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, Brendan Fraser, Jack Black, stand-up Rome. guys. Chris Evans. Yes, yes. You know, loves his family, loves his dog, that kind of thing. Right, and he offers his arm to women to help them up the stairs, but then, like, lets go as soon as they're good on their own. Like, he doesn't, like, force himself. Not being a creep. Yeah, just, like, and... I remember seeing a a picture once of, like, three of the guys from Avengers. I can't remember. I know it's Chris Hemsworth and uh, Mark Ruffalo and someone else, but they were all napping together. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, like... It was Taika Waititi. Okay, there you go. Thor... Uh, three, yeah. Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, you can be, like, strong and powerful and also not be arrogant and not be I've, rude to people. I've thought about this because I think we get a lot of messaging that's, like, you have to be... a Kind of what they did with Mulan, where it's, like, you have to be aggressive to be strong. Yeah. And I think it's a lot more admirable, and I find this to be a quality I really strive for whenever I see it in other people and, like, also with myself. But, like, when somebody is, like, nice and kind... And, like, very, like, you know, fun to be around, not aggressive, but then when the time comes, they are able to, like, stand their ground and not Mm -hmm. be aggressive, but, like, get the point across 
not let people tread all over them and just be like, yeah. this is not what we're doing right now. I think that's a lot harder of a quality to create in yourself. Yeah. Because that takes work. That takes training to be able to be in a stressful situation, being a tense situation, and then be like, I'm not going to respond aggressively, but I'm also not going to lay down and take this. Yeah. And you can have a lot of self-confidence without it turning into arrogance. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's where Tom Cruise crosses the line for me is that he, he doesn't seem confident. He seems arrogant. Yeah. Um, and so. And arrogance has a real sense of insecurity behind it too. Yeah. And, and so to, to move, to move on uh, and talk more about that. Uh, so the U.S. Navy has since denied this stuff. Oh boy. But it's worth talking about. Welcome to the first military episode, guys. <laughs> it specifically addresses Top Gun 2 and about the okay. filming of Top Gun 2 and the, I don't actually know if it's, it might be called Top Gun Maverick, but I don't give a fuck if I'm going to call it Top Gun 2. Because <laughs> um, everyone knows what I mean. Uh, but the, uh, but apparently quite a few of the sailors on board uh, took to social media to talk about, to vent their frustrations. Uh-huh. Uh, about the way that they were treated when Tom Cruise is on board. So I have some threads here. I'm going to read some some bits and pieces. But uh, it says, uh, Tom Cruise was on my sister's ship yesterday in San Diego filming Top Gun 2, being completely disrespectful to our sailors, walking down hallways and telling sailors not to look at him or his crew, and if they were in his way, to get out of the way. Um, and if any of you have ever walked down the hallway of an aircraft carrier, it's practically impossible not to bump into each other. Uh, so I, I can say from working on, on tall ships, it's on aircraft carrier, but like usually on it's ships... It's where they came from. It's where they originated. <laughs> yeah, so usually on any sort of ship, you're going to have some cramped compartments unless it's specifically meant for like like a, a cruise luxury. ship or something. Yeah, yeah, meant for luxury. So space a working is ship... a luxury. Yeah. On a working ship, space is a luxury. Um, so there's that. Let me see here. Okay. There's another one. This one's a little more foul mouth. Uh, Tom Cruise was really on our ship telling the crew not to talk or look at him. TBH, Tommy Boy, we're all just here trying to make it through the day without losing our shit. No one really cares about you or that fuck-ass movie you're filming. <laughs> but there's, um, I only read out two of them, but there's a lot of them that basically say the same thing about, like, he didn't want anyone to look at him. He didn't want anyone to talk to him. He was really rude and thought what he was doing was more important than us. Storytelling and acting is very important, but we hold actors on such a pedestal that they get these, like, inflated... You're a thespian at the end of the day. And honestly, if if you're trying to portray someone in a certain environment, don't you think you'd pay attention to that environment and what was going on and you'd want to learn from them? I mean, I think that you would. And, And from the... Like, I don't have experience... Well, I have some experience working with some filming on boats, but... A lot of people I know <laughs> worked on the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, um, and from what they said, the like genuinely big stars who were on that film were all like very nice and learned things from them and wanted to make sure they were, you know, it's pirates, so obviously it wasn't like completely correct, but they yeah. wanted to make sure that like they weren't, you know, they didn't look like idiots doing <laughs> what they were mm-hmm. doing. Um, they were willing to learn from the crew, and I. I, like, I understand that he wouldn't have had time to, like, talk to every single person. That makes sense. But, but the like, fact that he didn't talk to any of them. Yeah, but the fact that, like, they were actively being told, like, you know, don't talk to me or don't talk to Mr. Cruz or whatever, that's ridiculous. So, again, the Navy has said, like, oh, no, no, it's fine. He wasn't arrogant. But they would say that, He wouldn't be course. to the uppers either. Yeah. Like, these are, these yeah. are probably the 
Yeah, these are the, the regular sailors yeah. whose opinions don't matter, I guess. Who do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> Who get the shit done. Yeah, so... Shout out to any of our uh, yeah. military people out there. Yeah, shout out to our military people out there. We respect you more than Tom Cruise does. Apparently. We respect you more than we respect Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely true. Um, there's another thing that I also want to talk about. He got a lot of praise recently, which pissed me off. During the filming of one of his recent movies, it's Mission Impossible 7, which, how the Why fuck did they make that many movies? I'm sorry, but you're just... That's too many. No, it's too many. Um, and you're, you're just, you're not going to be as good as um, James Bond anyway. Uh, <laughs> even though there's yeah. issues with James Bond. I want the or, next James honestly, Bond Or, honestly, Fast and Furious. They seem to be doing just fine for themselves. <laughs> just, if anyone out there in Hollywood is listening, I want the next James Bond to be Tandy Newton. I think she would be fucking fantastic Bitch. at it. She was in Westworld, and whew, that's true. I just think it'd be cool if it was, like, a black woman. <laughs> like, well, just, like, the, go the uproar hard. for casting a white woman as the doctor in Doctor Who. That's true. Yeah. She's delightful. She's very charming. She I've seen her in a couple of things before. She has an interview on uh, Graham Norton with The Rock and Kevin Hart talking about how she there's a sack spider on her. And somebody just picked it There's up. There's a what? A sack spider. Apparently, I thought you said a sex spider, and nope. I was like, "Close." The fuck? And she just chucked it. And Kevin Hart was like, "Okay, I'm gonna give you t- context for this story. Person who threw that spider was white." <laughs> and like, he just like <laughs> seeing Kevin Hart get scared about a spider that's not even on him is very funny. And she's a really funny storyteller too. And and she's probably more pleasant to be around than Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> The Rock, more wholesome masculinity. Uh, so during this uh, Mission Impossible 7 filming, they they were taking the safety precautions for COVID-19. Uh-huh. Uh, all of the pictures I have seen of Tom Cruise working on that, he is wearing one of the vented masks, though. The ones that don't protect other people from your germs. Great. Yeah. So, like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, also, just FYI. He was anyone, wearing one, though. <laughs> wearing a mask, but wearing... The wrong, the wrong kind of mask. The kind of mask they won't let you wear in an airplane. Great. So, I, I'm just saying. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people did point that out on social media. But just in case people don't necessarily know, um, it is worth it to think about the way that Scientology thinks about illness. Generally, illness is, be, is seen as something... It'll be something that's wrong with you, like, ethically or mentally or whatever that's that's having like it's manifesting in a physical way but a lot of scientologists are taught to believe or do believe that they can cure themselves of illness like everything psychosomatic yeah basically that everything's psychosomatic um so the idea that um like that like church of scientology likes to say that they're taking a lot of uh, precautions against covid-19 and that they're like super important in the fight against it etc but it looks like that is all for show. Like, or they're just telling people yeah. because we all have sins. That's why this is happening. I Yeah, I don't know if they've said that necessarily, but well, it seems like that us. is what they believe. But they want it to look like they're doing charitable work out there. And, yeah. yeah. So it looks like it's more performative. And from what I have seen and heard and read, there will be like Scientologists going out to, to do some sort of work for COVID-19, whether it's cleaning or whatever. But then they'll take their masks off and get back on the bus altogether, like <laughs> in super close quarters, like during quarantine times and oh stuff. Oh my God. Um, so anyway, with that,
that, just with that being said, and understanding that they don't have the same view of physical illness we do. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, it makes me think that this rant that he went on is a more, it's more about putting on a show of caring about it than actually caring about it. Um, but here is at least a piece of the rant. He said, I'm on the phone with every fucking studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us and using us to make movies. We are creating thousands of job you mo- jobs, you motherfuckers. Uh, I don't want to see it again, ever. We are, shut- we are not shutting this fucking movie down. Is it understood? If I see it again, you're fucking gone. Okay. What's seeing it? What's he talking about? Um, oh, people not wearing their masks, correct. Oh, okay. Um, so, okay. All right. He got a lot of praise for this. Yeah. Um, including, ugh, I saw Josh Gad praised him and I was no. like, dude, no, no. Even if that all came from a really good place, um, even if I didn't think it was performative, that is not a leader. That is not how you behave. That's a bully. Yeah, that's a bully. When you are the most important person in a place which for Mission Impossible, like the franchise, he is because he's like the star of it. He's been the star of all of them. Probably producing it too. Yeah, probably producing it as well. I'm sure he is. But if you are the most important person in a room, the way that you treat people matters. And you and I have seen this with tall ship captains. Like I've seen it with chefs before too. The most, the best and most effective and impactful leaders do not curse at people like that. The Um, leader sets the tone. Yeah, the leader sets the tone. And in an already stressful situation, the answer is not to stress people out even more. Um, If he actually wanted to make sure everyone was following the rules, um, there could be a system in place that's like, that's a warning. And then you get a warning or two warnings, and then after that you're fired. Like that kind of thing. It's not, you don't have to call out crew members um, directly as the most important person on set and bully someone in order to make that happen. If they're not following the rules, then yeah, sure, it's okay to fire them because I, of course, but it's not okay to bully people. And that, like him doing that in that way makes me think he's like either just not in control of his own emotions or his behavior or that he is just doing it for the attention and to make it seem like he cares about COVID-19 more than anyone else or a mixture of those. Yeah, I was gonna say, or both. Yeah. I talked about this in one of my papers recently where being the OS on Niagara means you have apprentices and trainees below you, so people learning. Above you, you have the AB and the MAPE. So you're like the last professional person before you get to the people who are learning how to be there Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of times specifically like with a certain ab that we had where the tone would be just like bad and Mm -hmm. they would be you know not unpleasant to be around and didn't want to interact with the trainees and stuff and i got to a point where i felt it affecting me and i was like oh it stops with me yeah. It stops here. So I would take all that in from the AB and then turn to those lower than me and be like, okay, we're going to do it this way. Like, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Because I'm here now. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like that. Yeah. And I'll hold you accountable if you do something wrong or you do something you've been told not hey, to but do. I'm not going to curse at you. Yeah. I'm not going to curse at you. I'm not going to bully the, you. Okay. The only time that we ever got like very yelled at normally, unless we did something like very extremely disrespectful, was if we were being unsafe. Yeah. And it's like the the scared parent 
reaction where you're like, I'm scared and I'm mad at you for making me yeah. scared, basically. And it's and I'm sure people want to use the excuse of Tom Cruise, like, he's doing that because people are being unsafe, but, like, That's if not... you have protocols in order, like, then you have a framework with, with, with which you can get rid of people if they are not following the protocols. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that performative bullshit. Yeah. Like, it was bullshit. That's yeah, right. and, and it's and I think it was for attention, and that's yeah. and it frustrates me that he got so much positive attention for it because I look at a lot of those people and I'm just like, really? Like, like you honestly think that's an okay way to talk to right. the crew of your movie? Like, if you were the star, I did see that George Clooney did no like. No one asked for. George Clooney did like. Not not call him out, but he was like, "That's not the way I would have done that," or something. But like, I'm like, "Come on, is that More. all we're gonna get yeah. from that? Can we please have someone come out and be like, no, that's not the way you treat your you, crew.' You fucker, <laughs> you did it wrong." So so in conclusion, don't go see Top. Don't Gun. go see Top Gun <laughs> too. Don't don't do it. Just there's so many other movies out there. There's so many other celebrities who are doing better things. Go follow Leah Remini. And yeah. give her money. Like, yeah, go watch the aftermath. Go listen to Scientology Fair Game. Um, learn more about it because it is. The more you get into it, it is messed up. And There's... honestly, like movie theaters, go see a different one, but don't give that movie theaters money for that specific one. Yeah, yeah, you can go see Black Widow. It got a lot of hate, but I like Florence it. Pugh. Yeah, our Florence bitch Pugh Florence Pugh. Pugh. We could do a whole podcast about how much we love her. Yeah. So, like, yeah, go see that. Go see, like, any number of other movies that we are coming out. One. What was it? Oh, there's a new Marvel movie coming out mm-hmm. with an Asian guy. Ooh, yeah. And Aquafina's in that. What's that called? Uh, Shang-Chi and the Seven Rings. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah, I've seen the Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of other stuff. And, like, honestly, you know that Top Gun 2 is going to have a lot of toxic mach- machismo in it oh. and just be BS. So it's just, just going to make me mad. Just I So I watched Top Gun also as an adult. We were stuck in Erie waiting out, a, like, just a surge of, like, squall after squall after squall. Like, we were sat for, like, four days. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't, we weren't. We were supposed to leave, but we couldn't. So we watched uh, White Squall. Terrible idea. Great movie. <laughs> terrible idea. We watched... It's Inglor- a true story. We watched Inglorious Bastards. That's a good movie. Got a little gory. Well, I did not know what I was getting into. And yeah. then we watched Top Gun. And that was my first time watching it. And I was upset. I liked the plane part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked the action part of the action movie. But the plot and the fact... Spoilers! They killed off my favorite character. Yeah. I was like, not cool. But then I guess that's why Captain Marvel's uh, cat's name was Goose. Yeah, I think it was. And I, honestly, like, I'm fine with that. Whatever. Like, yeah. I understand it's go like watch Captain a Marvel pop culture instead. thing. Yeah, go watch Captain Marvel instead. There's so <laughs> many movies to watch. You don't need to see Top Gun 2. It's yeah. just... You just don't need to see it. It's I, banned from yeah. quoting that movie at the actual Top Gun school. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. All right, well, so there's that. Um, yeah, if this was your first time tuning in because of, uh, you know, because of this being about Top Gun 2, <laughs> uh, then I'm glad you came and listened. I'm glad you're here at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a vague knowledge of everything. We are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, or And if anyone has any opinions, thoughts, reactions, etc., you can email us at... <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Uh, sorry, you can email us at vkoepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, uh, my shout out is Laura Prepon, who left Scientology this yeah. week. Yeah, she did. She's Yeah, she this week revealed that she hasn't been a practicing Scientologist for a while, and she's publicly separating from it, which is good. good. Um, my shout out's going to be, well, Leah Ramini, Mike Rinder, um, <laughs> Lawrence Wright, who wrote the book Going Clear, mm-hmm. and um, very especially Nazanin Boniardi, yeah. because she was victimized by Scientology and Tom Cruise. Yep. Buy dicks for good on Etsy. Yeah, buy dicks for good on Etsy. Oh, we should have her make a Tom Cruise dick. Oh my god! <laughs> yes! I'm gonna text her about that right now. Um, I'm gonna tell a dick story real quick, but my sister-in-law saw this camping post that I had <laughs> with our mugs, and Griffin has the little Venom dick on his thing, and I tagged dicks for good it, and she was like, am I just a pervert, or is that a dick on his thing? And I was like, no, here's my sister's Etsy shop. <laughs> Fun fact, I was, uh, I occasionally <laughs> wanted to do, like, some work on the podcast or some writing on my laptop as I was traveling uh, throughout the last, last almost a week. And whenever I thought about it, I was always in public, and I have all of my dicks it's for good so stickers on my computer. many dicks. <laughs> like... And I just was like... I don't want to, I like, it, it's all for a good cause, it's money to charity, but I just don't want to talk to anyone why there's dicks all over my computer. <laughs> all right, well. All right, as always, I am Rosie, and facts matter. I am Hope, and now that you know better, be better. Bye!